Okay, so tonight, tonight's topic is the mind's eye, uh, third eye, the pineal gland, pineal gland, however you want to say it, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. Like I said, I'm a boy from Georgia, so I normally like to make uh, cut as many syllables out as possible, but I'll try to say pineal gland to make the majority of people happy. Um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about tonight. It's uh, in so many, oh, here we go, let's see. Oh, I'm stuck already. How's that? I clicked out of everything. There we go. Okay. So the mind's eye, um, you know, and it's been around for as long as humanity has been around these esoteric groups uh, that have, that have talked about it. Rene Descartes is obviously one person who has talked about it, you know, in great detail. Rene, um, he called the pineal gland the seat of the soul. And I tend to agree with him. Um, there's some pretty amazing things about the pineal gland that, uh, that I would, that I'll share here in a little bit that really uh, emphasize why I believe he's correct on that. Um, but yeah, down here at the bottom, it says, he said the principal seat of the soul. Um, oh, come on, don't get stuck. How are we getting stuck already? All right, guys, that doesn't happen too often. There we go. So it is a tiny, tiny little organ in the in your brain, um, and it looks like a tiny little pine cone, which is why uh, it is called the pineal gland or pineal gland. Um, in reptiles, uh, many still have the bump, or at least you can even tell that it looks like an eye on top of their head. So we're not talking about something mystical here. We are talking about a real gland. The pineal gland is something in science that we know today is 100% a real organ, a real gland. Um, the purpose for that is questionable. Many people really honestly don't know what it regulates and what it works for, but obviously many mystics and saints and um, cultures and civilizations have talked about the mystical factor of the pineal gland. It sits right in the center um, of the brain between the two hemispheres. It, again, it's a tiny little gland there in comparison to a lot of other things in the brain. It's just really small, um, but it's really powerful. Um, right there in the center of our brain, you can see here in between the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, it's dead in the middle. So this is a cool picture because when you have, uh, you know, like a cancer or tumor in the brain and you go to the, to the doctor, um, for them to check it, they will actually take a scan like this of your brain and you see this little white dot that's the pineal gland and the reason that it's a little white dot like that um conrad mentioned earlier that it gets calcified that is why because the average person's pineal gland is calcified so this white little dot in the center of your brain is easy to see with a with an x-ray like this so if you have a growth a tumor is a growth in the brain if you have a growth on the right side or the left side, it will push this gland off center. So if it's off to the left, you have a tumor on the right. If it's off to the right, you have a tumor on the left side. So this is something that they use literally because it's easy to see and it's supposed to be dead center in the middle. Um, and if it's not, they know why. So when you look at it from the side angle, you can see how if you were to look uh, straight to the left, it would come out right between the forehead right here. And that's often where you see a bendy or the eye marks, um, you know, when people draw third eye artwork, and that's because your third eye is literally looking straight out in between, just above the two eyes, but dead center. Another fact is that the pineal gland does glow. It does emit light. This is a fact. Um, I believe this is probably more for mystical experiences, out of body experiences. But for sure, this gland does emit its own light that comes from it. Um, it also has the highest blood flow of any gland in the entire body. So even though it is a small organ, there's more blood being pumped to that thing than anything else, and especially in certain points. Um, DMT, the spirit molecule, was, wrote, was a book written by Rick Straussman, and it's based on uh, his research where he had dozens of people who he injected DMT into their bodies. Um, and he you know, goes through the whole uh, experience of those people and his predictions, everything. Uh, the reason I bring him up is because 
one of the fascinating things from the book, and it's even now a movie that he talks about is that the pineal gland um, is said 49 days after gestation is when it appears. Okay. And so what he said is, you know, he realized that the Buddhists and, and other Eastern religions and stuff talked about reincarnation taking 49 days for, you know, for the soul to reincarnate. And I think that's fascinating that science somehow seems to be confirming that with these Eastern, you know, spiritual, spiritual, uh, you know, practices new that the, that it took the soul 49 days to reincarnate. So basically this could be the seed of the soul. Um, so when a person dies 49 days after that, you could, you know, inhabit another body after that. Now I know for some people, reincarnation may be a tough thing, but just a real quick thing about it. I mean, if, you know, it's really tough decision to think or, or, or thing to think that the pioneer art, you know, your soul would be uh, not continuous, right? That you just a one and done job and it's over. Um, surely not. I mean, obviously there's just so much to learn, so much to take in. We take in lifetimes as men, women, different cultures. We speak different languages to gain soul information, to gain experience. And we can continuously do it. I would say every single person in this talk tonight has been on this planet and many other planets millions of times. Uh, our soul is infinite and we continue just to go do different uh, lifetimes to learn different things. Uh, uh, Jacob, yeah. what, what, what was the title of that book again? And what is DMT? So, uh, spoiler alert, DMT will be the next uh, class next week um, because both topics are such big. I couldn't, I couldn't do all of them in one. It would take me forever um, because I think they're real, they really need their own, their own day. DMT is dimethyltryptamine. It is a psychedelic compound, the most psychedelic compound known to man, and every single person has it in them. Um, it's created in the lungs and in your brain. Straussman said, that's the doctor who wrote the book, he said that um, the, the times in your body where your pineal gland created the most DMT was at birth, death, out-of-body experiences, like if you were in a car accident and you died, and you know someone had an out-of-body experience where they saw their body, they were hovering above it, or if you were in the surgical table and your soul came out of your body and was looking at the, the avatar, your body itself, those were the times when DMT was emitted the most in the body. So it's, DMT seems to be the facilitator of the soul in and out of the body. Okay, thanks. Yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. Once that DMT is secreted, the soul comes in and out. And, you know, then you can never go back in to where we came from. Uh, I think that's the net of being. That's a whole nother talk as well. But um, that's kind of home base. And then before you're reincarnated into other, you know, sentient beings. So again, it's the facilitator of the soul into the body, in and out of the body. And um, this is kind of like what our astral body would be, you know, and, uh, when the person really opens up their pineal gland, really becomes awake, they're able to do astral traveling. You can go anywhere on the planet, even in the universe, and do remote viewing, see things that are really happening at you know that time, and bring it back and have that information. Um, so DMT will be the next next talk, uh, next week's talk, and will be uh, will be very interesting as well. So uh, when we look at ancient civilizations. Um, we look at their gods. This is a Sumerian god. He obviously has a pine cone in his hand. Um, I, this is the belief is to symbolize that his pineal gland is awake, that he's, a, he's an awakened being. Um, so we see these pine cone images. This guy's got a pine cone in his, in his hands, Sumerian god, you know, bird looking man. This is the staff of Osiris. He's got a pineal gland or, or pine cone rather on top of his, of his staff. Um, again, this is that kind of the caduceus, the medical symbol with the snakes wrapped around, which this is probably DNA and the, and the pine cone on top. Uh, Bacchus from Greek, he's got a pine cone on top of his staff, another Greek god. He's got a pine cone on top of his staff. And then you look at the uh, modern day. Uh, I don't believe these people are gods, nor do I really believe they're super holy. Um, I wouldn't consider these the holy people of our time. 
But of course, they know the symbology and they have uh, the Pope himself has a pine, a pine cone in his staff. And this really large pine cone with the two birds is actually in the Vatican itself. So in this statue, I should have got one. I don't think I have one with a person next to it, but a person will barely come up to the birds. This is a massive uh, statue. And, um, you know, why else would the, you know, Vatican, this place of spiritual, uh, supposed spiritual uh, place, be a place where they have such a huge statue. Um, and it's because the pineal gland is you know, a spiritual icon all around the world. Um, this is a cross section. The lower left-hand part of this is the cross section of the brain. That little tiny dot with the C next to it is the pineal gland. And when you look around the cross section of this, now you can see why the eye of Horus and the eye of Ra both look like the way they do. It's a literally a cross section of the brain and the Egyptians knew this. And that's why symbols are not random. Symbols mean things, they have very in-depth meanings. And so the symbol of Ra, the symbol of Horus is a cross section of the pineal gland in the brain. So, you know, you guys thought it was all just an eye. Uh, it's way more than that. It's, um, you know, it's, it is, uh, it's the seat of our soul. Um, it literally is, um, you know, an incredible gland that allows us to see um, into things. So our, our front eyes allow us to see the physical world to gather up information. An awakened pineal gland is able to see into people, see into events, see into the future, see into, um, you know, things, how they can pan out for you if you were to date this person or, or take this job. When it's really awake, you can see, oh, how that works out or how that, how that would happen if I, I went down this road. Um, also, just, you know, if you were to sit here and close your eyes and think of a red fire truck and, and really think of it, you can see that in your mind's eye. Um, that's because the pineal gland also has rods and cones in it and pinealis, they call them pinealocytes. So it literally functions as an eyeball does. And um, so that's why they call it the mind's eye because you have that even not just, au not just um, audio, but you have video. So you can see and hear things in the brain. So, you know, the infinite Wi-Fi signal for the ancients was a pineal gland modem hooked to the universe that when their pineal glands were completely open and awake and they're able to channel an energy, where to find food, where to find water, um, you know, where to find a lost loved one, um, you know, when danger's coming near to, you know what I mean, be awake and be aware of their environment around them all the time, you know, when danger's around. Um, that is what's really important in life. Know when someone's telling you a lie. Know when someone's trying to get something out of you and, and not, you know, and not in a positive way, you know what I mean? Trying to take something from you or something. So it was incredibly vital and important to them to be an awake and uh, clear-minded person um, so that you could channel in the information that you needed to survive and to um, not only that, but be intuitive and be prosperous and and those kind of things. So it's imperative to have an awakened pineal gland. Uh, Christ said, this is the, in Matthew 6, 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. That is an incredible statement. He's talking about the light of the body is the eye. And again, so we know the pineal gland glows. He's talking about a light in the body. If your eye be single, he's not talking about closing one eye. He's talking about the pineal gland eye. Your whole body shall be full of light. It's also interesting about the lampstand parable. Where do you put a lampstand? It's not at the bottom. It's at the very top. Your pineal gland is at the top of your body. It's in, literally in the center of your head. So um, when that pineal gland is awake, when it's fully functioning, that's what creates your halo. And in many artworks and things, we normally see a halo in a two-dimensional way. This is a halo around uh, Jesus's head, but um, it's it, to, the, to that light that we saw earlier in the brain was two or three inches inside the brain. But imagine someone who was fully awake, fully aware, that light would then come out of the brain 
encompassing their whole head like a fishbowl and three-dimensional that people who were more awake could see and tell. So this is what we call the halo. Um, you know, you see it in every spiritual practice and in, in artwork and books. People, you know, refer to the light around people's heads, this halo around angels' heads and uh, enlightened beings' heads. It's not just conducive to one religion. It's all around the world that we see these halos that come around people's heads. These are from enlightened beings. This halo is directly emitted from the pineal gland. That's the center. And as these people became more awake, their halos became larger. Uh, here's one where it has, you can obviously see two um, auric fields. The one in the middle is obvious. That's the pineal gland. The bigger one stems from the heart chakra. The heart chakra is 100 times stronger electrical and up to 5,000 times stronger magnetically. So it is the more powerful of the two. That is another talk as well. Uh, it's, it, it definitely needs its own, its own day. So just to kind of hopefully, you know, incite people to come back for more, but um, the, the two fields there from the heart and the, and the pineal gland. So here's one where it's, you know, not necessarily, it's still artwork, but I, I kind of like this one a little bit better because you can just see that light glowing around his head, obviously around his heart as well. Um, and it's just that glowing halo image, you know, it's, it gives you that idea. It's not just this circle around people's head that's weird, that doesn't really make any sense. That's just a two-dimensional image. But certainly this is all around these people's heads and people saw it, people could see it. Not everybody, I don't think, could see it. When someone was not awake, I don't think that they could even see it or tell at all, um, see these lights around people's heads. You need to be at least somewhat aware, somewhat awake to be able to even to see these things. Uh, so here's Lord Krishna. Obviously, he has a lot of symbology going on here, but he obviously has that glowing halo around his head as well. And this is this is a close-up picture where he's got the, you can see the bendy. This is where mostly in India, but other, other places as well. But you see that red dot and look at it, it's right there, just above the eyeballs, right dead center. The eye, the, the sideways eye is right above it. This is symbolizing he's awake. He, his pineal gland is awake and he's an enlightened being. And uh, here it is again. Um, and here's another talk for another day. You see this bun on top of his head? Literally, it's, you know, you don't really see it in Jesus. There's Buddha with it, obviously. The, everybody, you know, oh, it's just his hair. That's honestly not his hair. Um, I do believe Jesus had the same bun. The Bible refers to a crown of life that couldn't be taken away from someone. That's when a king has that. That's a king's crown. The crown of life that can't be taken away. That's this bun on top of the head that um, I believe in the experience of enlightenment, uh, the gray matter is increased in the brain and pops that circular, that part, that soft part of the baby's head. Um, that's the crown of your head. That's where your crown is. Confucius was said to have a, a misshapen crown on top of his head. That's, these are real kings. Real, real kings don't need gold crowns. They don't wear, you know, all this crazy jewelry and, you know, you know, make people, you know, worship them and love them. People just do, you know, they understand, they see their peace, they see their harmony, they see their love. But um, this crown, I believe Christ had one as well. They wrapped the crown of thorns around the top of it. Um, but this, even in the, even in the Bible, Christ is quoted saying, you can add a cubit to your stature just by adding thought. So that means you could literally increase your size by thinking. Um, and where would you think? I mean, obviously in movies and stuff today, we see usually it's kind of now put to the bad guy, right? The bad guys have those big heads, but um, these ha these are from these enlightened beings whose pineal glands awake, their gray matters increase, their heads have elongated. And um, this is the artwork that you see. I mean, just Google Buddhas, Google, uh, you know, enlightened beings and Krishna, Shiva, they all have this. I promise you they all didn't have long hair with a bun like this on top of it just because they thought it was cool. I believe this is a symbol for the crown of life that can't be taken away. That's what a real king looks like. This is a, a really good picture. Same thing. You can even see on top of that bun, he has a, another item on top of it, but he has the bendy. This is an awakened being. Same thing. Uh, and here Krishna has, you know, it's the same halo around his head to, to say that uh, his pineal gland is awake. 
And again, it, you know, I think this is the symbolic the same thing, although this may be on top of his head, not really around it. Uh, you know, people just do artwork in different ways. And it would, it, the way this artwork is, it just kind of does make sense. It's pretty coherent that just on top of his head, it's a big round halo on top of his head shining over him um, just to show that this is an awakened being. So here's a really great picture of it because this isn't, you know, Jesus or Buddha or Krishna. This is you. This is me. This is everybody. Um, did we lose Justin? I think we did. And I don't see him coming in. Sorry, guys. I just wanted to make sure that he he's trying to get in that I'm not uh, missing out on him. I think he was. Um, I think he said when he got home or something, he He'll was going to get get back on. OK, cool. Yeah. So this is a, a painting by Alex Gray. And again, you can see the two, uh, you know, magnetic fields around. And that's what these are. You can call them auras. You can call them halos. You can call them whatever you want. But truly, scientifically, these are electromagnetic fields that stem from the brain and stem from the heart. Um, and these people can see. And when your field is down, when you're depressed, when, you know, when you're feeling emotions that aren't inducive to this environment, it's not going to be there. Um, you know, just like the Earth's magnetosphere is coming down right now, seven to eight mm -hmm. billion people on the planet, you know, really in this kind of uh, altered space mm -hmm. is really bringing the magnetosphere down of the Earth as well, too, along with, you know, garbage and everything else that's going on. But, um, you know, it's imperative for us to open up our pineal glands, to use our hearts and love, uh, you know, not just talk about it, but really emit that love and harmony and peace. When our fields are down, it's easy for someone to say something to you like you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough. When our field is down, those thoughts and those ideas, those words get directly into us. But when our fields are big and strong and powerful, you can say anything you want to someone like this. It bounces right off of them. Their fields are strong. These are enlightened beings. There's You can't get any kind of you know hogwash like that into a field like this. It's impossible. These are strong, incredibly powerful fields that are there to protect us but we've got to do the work to keep those fields up so another one by alex gray uh you know and i love the fact that he's got what you know words and sanskrit texts and a lot of information talks about when when people saw enlightened beings that words and all the numbers and everything of the universe was flowing from their from their bodies and from their from their fields that they could see the numbers and colors and letters and words and Sanskrit and everything. Um, that's why I think this one's so cool uh, is, you know, again, this isn't Buddha, this isn't Jesus, this is you and this is me. This is all of us. All of us have this, you know, ability to do this. Um, Christ said, you can do all the things I'm doing and greater things. The only reason I don't think we do those things is because we don't use our heart and brains to the same capacity that they did, but surely, we have the same brain as Albert Einstein and the same heart as Jesus or Buddha or anyone. And I love if you look down at his heart, you can see the sun looks like a little sun down there. And, you know, I, I had a download one time that my heart was the sun of my solar system, my body and the organs and the chakras and the glands and stuff were planets to that sun. So literally like the sun was the, you know, center of your universe. So here's a cool picture. You know, oftentimes in the Bible, it talks about Christ told parables to, you know, people out in the open, but he told the meaning to those parables to his true disciples, true disciples, not people who said they followed him or, you know, whatever, people who really were engaged in the mystery and wanted to know the truth, you know. And so here's, look what's cool, you know, uh, this Jesus talking to everybody. But here's everybody else that has their own little halos. Some not so much, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't know if that's it's just artwork or whatever, but certainly some of these average people in here, they have halos as well. So here is a master behind closed doors telling the secrets, telling the parables, you know, explaining quantum physics and, um, you know, uh, the secrets of the universe to these people and their pineal glands are glowing as well. Same thing, he's, you know, again, he's teaching the masses. His, his is a little bit different. He may, you know, probably just a little bit more <laughs> enlightened than the rest. They're obviously following him around to learn, to, to grow, to understand. Um, 
but he's, he's certainly transmitting that energy to them to help them awake as well. And I think that's what's so important, you know, is for me personally, my spiritual uh, journey was for myself. You know, uh, I remember graduating college and think I didn't have any, any kind of X information. I didn't think I was any better than I was the day I walked in or any smarter, more intelligent or more, uh, you know, able, able to get a job. But so, I, you know, it's kind of made it my, my goal in life to, you know, learn things and figure out what God was and spirituality. And I was open to anything. So it was for me at first, but I feel like eventually as, as you do wake up, as you do, you know, open up your pineal gland, there's a responsibility that you feel to help the others, to tell other people, to transmit what you know and understand to those who are willing to sit down and listen and learn. And uh, I certainly feel that. And, uh, you know, not to say anybody's above anybody else. I certainly don't think that. I think we're all one. But I definitely want to share, you know, secret information and esoteric information with anybody and everybody who's willing to listen. And so I think that's what you see with disciples. You know, Buddha had them. Christ had them. Uh, you look back at all the enlightened beings, you know, they all had followers and people who are, you know, desperate to learn what these people had achieved. And, um, you know, one of the things uh, people asked Buddha, like, hey, what are you? And he replied, I am awake. And so um, I think that's what we're going to. I, I don't I'm definitely not claiming to be awake, but I am definitely awakening. And uh, I don't even know how long that process takes or what it all entail look like. But. I know it's captivated me for a long time now. And, um, you know, I'm certainly just open to growing more and learning as much as I possibly can. And, um, you know, I think that's probably why you guys are all here as well. But certainly there are some people uh, out there who think that singular eye is something that they can manipulate, something they can control, um, an order they can control. And so I think that's imperative to know as well, uh, to not get caught up in the, the flashiness of things that are going on, what's happening out in the world sometimes, because certainly some people, you know, have ideas that sound similar to the things that these enlightened beings are talking about. We'll have a world that's peaceful again, and, you know, there won't be any countries and, and governments that, you know, control everyone or whatever, um, you know, and a lot of the things that some of these people preach are, are similar, but they're doing it in a ways that they control it instead of it being for the good of all people. So I think one of the ways that's clear uh, that it's and obvious that certain people are trying to uh, calcify the pineal gland, as Conrad said earlier, is fluoride. Um, in case you guys didn't know, when we went to war with the Nazis in World War II and we captured their scientists and everything like that, um, we brought them back here to work for us. They didn't, they didn't get tried or, you know, anything happened to them. Um, that's called Project Paperclip. You can look that up. They brought them back here to work for the United States. And I believe many of the things that they were doing over there in Germany, they were brought over here to do the same things. So the Nazis literally put fluoride in the water of the Jews to make them more docile and not fight back, just to be, you know, zombified. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I don't see how the government could pay a lot of money to put fluoride in our water just for our teeth. And now I have had many conversations with people who said, I used to work at a dentist's office or whatever. I know fluoride is good for your teeth. So I will, I'm going to go ahead and tell you exactly what fluoride is. Fluoride, the ingestion of fluoride. If you, fluoride is a toxic chemical waste. Ingesting fluoride is poison. What fluoride does that's good for the teeth is it's a coating. When they put fluoride on your teeth, it coats the teeth so that things can't get into it and destroy it. And you could put super glue on your teeth and probably stop the same thing, but nobody's going to put super glue on your teeth, obviously. I would say I wouldn't put fluoride on my teeth either, nor would I use it for any cleaning or toothpaste product because you're obviously going to get a small portion of that fluoride that's going to be soaked in through the gums. That fluoride leads to the calcification that we were talking about earlier. So that we definitely don't want our pineal glands to be calcified from that. I think, you know, poor diets and things definitely lead to that as well. But um, certainly fluoride in our water, <clears throat> I don't think in any way, shape or form is good for us. There's no evidence whatsoever that I've ever seen that suggests that um, fluoride does anything good 
it's the same ingredients in rat pro, uh, that's in rat poison and uh, Prozac. And it has many, many negative side effects, memory loss, uh, joint problems, lower sex drive, infertility. So, um, you know, I mean, the list is, this is very long, obviously, and you guys can read it. Um, so, you know, why you, you can't really convince me that this is going to be something good for us to just, just for our teeth. And there's so many other side effects. Uh, this is a toxic chemical waste. And uh, to put this in our water is, is absolutely absurd um, that anybody's putting anything like this in your water. There's so many negative side effects to fluoride. Um, you, there's just no way that uh, I, I don't think at this point that anybody could really make an honest you know, argument to, uh, to convince people um, that fluoride is actually good for your teeth other than what I told you before. It just coats the teeth for a small amount of time. But that fluoride that you cut your teeth was obviously gonna get into the bloodstream as well. So here's an actual picture of a pineal gland blown up a little bit. And this white part on top is the calcification that you would see in it. So the fluoride and, and things like that, poor diets and stuff that is attacking that pineal gland is really limiting the access that you have to it. So the, what seems that the pineal gland is able to do, it has water around it and it's able to kind of suck in water and, and reverse it in a way that like, it's coming out of itself. It's hard to describe, but um, it, so when this fluoride, when the fluoride hits your pineal gland and calcifies it, you're, it's just not able to get that blood flow that it needs. It's not able to reverse the water that it needs to be able to. Um, you're, you're, you know, you've heard the expression, you need to go squeegee out your pineal gland. And it needs to be like this very, you know, fluid type organ that's to be able to suck in things and then suck that and then you know, basically kind of spit it back out. Um, but that's, that's what it's doing here. That fluoride is literally just completely calcifying um, so that these things are not working at all. And, you know, um, there are a lot of other things that affect it too. So one of the things just in general that you may not even think of, that's not necessarily a, you know, a bad thing, but wearing even sunglasses, the, the pineal gland is activated by light and dark. So, you know, a lot of times eyeglasses and contact lenses can rob you from blocking your, your eye from receiving some of the ultraviolet light that's coming through into the pineal gland. Um, and so, you know, wearing, I'm not saying you shouldn't wear them any or all or any time, but certainly I would restrict my use of wearing sunglasses all the time. Um, you know what I mean? Sunlight is imperative to a healthy body, vitamin D, and uh, we need an adequate amount of that during the day so that when you get to the nighttime and your pineal gland turns on, it's had enough light that's absorbed into it that it can use to probably then allow it to glow like we saw in those pictures earlier. And so, you know, it, this is kind of the same thing. If, if pharmacies and things like that should be health food stores and not just pharmaceutical drugs, these things obviously affect the pineal gland as well and to create these just really, like I was talking about the Jews, a really docile, not fight back, not, you know, question information that we've been given, question history, education, you know, uh, it, a lot of, not a lot, a few people benefit greatly from a civilization that doesn't, you know, fight back, that doesn't say anything, that doesn't question anything. Um, certainly, and a few people profit off that instead of healthy people who have, you know, minds that work really well, and they're really sharp, and they're really quick, and they eat, you know, healthy foods and living foods, and they're able to make good decisions for themselves. So when we, you know, are in that state, when our pineal gland is very calcified, and we're not accessing a lot of it, you know, we tend to see this three-dimensional world when we know there's a lot more to reality than that. You know, just in general, we know that there's light, infrared light bouncing around that we can't see. There's sounds that are bouncing around that we can't necessarily hear. You know, you know, a dog can hear a dog whistle and you can't. There's a whole world of, of things available out there um, to see that um, it's just, you know, unavailable to us. So we think everything's, you know, 3D and I got to have the nice car and the nice clothes and go to the game and go to this. And, you know, I work for money no matter what it costs me, you know, my time and uh, my soul. Um, but certainly there's much more to who we are, to what we're capable of, our intuition, our psychic abilities, but we are so limited. We don't even think that stuff is possible. 
except for most people will chalk it up to, oh, one person could do that. Sure, Jesus could do that or Buddha could do that, but certainly not me. You know, that's because our access to pineal gland is literally so restricted. You know, our imagination, I, magi, nation, the place inside of us where we're magicians and we can you know, conjure up anything is literally limited. So, you know, again, if you guys want to jump in here at any point, feel free to, you know, say anything or whatever. I'm totally open to that. So, of course, the purpose of our topic today is we want to be able to awaken our third eye. How do we open that closed eye and be able to use it so we can use those things? So, of course, you know, obviously, number one, kick the fluoride, even the water that I'm drinking right now out of my Berkey filter. Um, you know, I would stay away from any of the Nestle products, water, um, you know, all, I think of pretty much all water, especially in the United States, has got some fluoride in it nowadays. Um, but just be very careful. I, my I, number one thing I would, I would drink would be living spring water, uh, first and foremost. Um, number two on this list, at least, is the, the raw cacao. Um, cacao ceremonies are great because um, they do, uh, you know, get the cacao really centers to the heart but the heart is definitely the organ that pumps the blood so getting that blood going getting that blood to that pineal gland helps detoxify the blood and everything um meditation and you know i just want to put it out there that meditation is not sitting in your room and just um trying to forget everything or you know trying to become something um to me, the most profound times up in meditation that I ever had was just sitting there, letting go of being Jacob, being a boy, being a guy from a small town, whatever it was, and just, you know, pretending, if you will, that I was the universe in ecstatic motion. And when I could do that, I became the universe in ecstatic motion. Um, and then sun gazing itself, again, talking about the sun coming into your eye. It's very important. Uh, most people say the beginning parts of sunrise and the into sunset are some of the best times to sun gaze. Um, you guys can look it up, but there are lots of documentaries and people who literally claim to have not eaten for years because they sun gaze hours a day. So they don't even have to eat anything anymore. Um, I think it's possible. Uh, I'm definitely not there. I love to eat food still, but um, enlightened beings, I think, could go vast, vast amounts of time without eating anything. Uh, are consuming anything their body is literally your body is literally its own energy factory creating its own energy i would say a small portion is really coming from the food that you eat a lot of energy actually goes into digesting food so jacob yeah um the cacao that's not the coffee bean or um um, oh, what's the other thing I wanted to try to think of? I mean, is cacao its own plant? Yeah, so it's like a little bean. It's what, when you, when people say chocolate, it's what chocolate is derived from today. But today, chocolate is just sugar-flavored chocolate cacao, right? It's, it, and, and nowadays, actually, you can go into most natural health food stores and look at a chocolate bar and they'll say, 50% cacao or 70% cacao or 80% cacao. The more cacao you can get, especially the dark chocolate, the better. Um, so that is, like I said, a little bean. It's very bitter uh, if you don't mix it with anything. And uh, the natives in Central America and even parts of South America would sit in ceremony and drink this together. My partner and I lead ceremonies of this a couple times a month uh, in Colorado Springs. If you're interested, just let me know. We can get you in there. Um, but when you drink it and then, you know, have an intention, this, what they would say was it would open your heart and be able to, you know, love and feel love and compassion. And, um, and so we will do this with intention and usually have a subject matter to talk about. And, you know, I've done this with shamans and, and, uh, and people like that. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've cried. Um, it just opens up the heart chakra, opens up your heart to be able to feel love for yourself to feel love for others, to feel a lot of gratitude. Um, you know what I mean? I, I think obviously the heart is something that does much more than pumps blood to our, to our body. Um, this is an intuitive organ that has neurons in it that now we know the heart math, uh, heart math science 
you know, can literally scientifically prove that the heart sends more information to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. The heart is really the more incredible almost of the two organs, if you will, if it was a competition. Um, not that it is, but, and again, that's a whole another topic, but cacao is a, yes, a bean from uh, Central America that the Mayans and other natives used to use in ceremony um, to connect with their with themselves and to others uh, in a very deep and profound way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, raw chocolate, uh, well, let's go raw cacao, dark chocolate, apple cider vinegar. Um, there are a lot of, a lot of things out there. I've heard skate liver oil and um, all kinds of different things to help with the pineal gland, obviously staying away from the processed foods, sugar, um, those kind of things, you know, fasting a couple times uh, a month or a year is good. I would especially say for three days, if you can do it, if you could just do water for three days, that's a whole body reset, a whole immune system reset to, to fast for three days. But um, certainly, like I said, you know, just go online. There are lots of uh, people who say they're different things to help do this, um, skate liver oil. Um, I, I definitely heard is one apple cider vinegar is good for a lot of things. Even a shot or two of that a day is, is life-changing. Jacob, what is the nascent iodine? Is that something that's found in sea kelp or what exactly is that? That's a good question. And that's one I don't know about myself. To okay. be honest. It's on there. I'll look it up. <laughs> I haven't researched it myself. Uh, you know, I, I obviously know carrot juice and mushroom, chocolate mushroom tea and alkaline diet, uh, but that's not one I know in particular for myself. Um, but I know just alkaline diet in general. So every person who has a disease, every person who's sick or has a cold or the flu has an acidic pH. And again, that's because we're eating lots of sugars and processed food. But if you were, every person who has cancer has an acidic pH. If you were to raise the body to an alkaline level, you would never be sick. So, you know, sickness is not necessarily a bad thing. It's our indicator that we haven't been eating raw, organic uh, foods, um, you know, too many processed foods. It's just kind of like, hey, you need to stop doing this. You're going to feel bad if you don't. It's, it's that first step sicknesses, I think, before you get disease. You know, body, your body's no longer at ease. Now you're at disease because you chose to continuously do those things over and over again. We gave you the subtle hints that you were sick all the time. Now here's the disease because you didn't listen to the subtle hints. Here's the big whack um, from the universe. Hopefully that big whack will help you get, you know, realize what you're doing. I know certainly for me, I got an autoimmune disease uh, 20 years ago and spent uh, a vast amount of time researching and going to Reiki healings and eating right and uh, meditation to cure myself. And I can tell you today that I have cured myself of my own autoimmune disease. And, uh, but I do believe if I was to go back to my old ways, I would get it again. So, but, um, you know, I think that's important to share with people that, uh, you know, I don't know everything. I don't claim to, uh, but if you see something that you're interested, definitely look it up, maybe bring it back next time and let us know. So this is a really important, uh, way to realize that uh, the apocalypse means uh, it really is a word that you know we have changed up so much now um, but in the greek terms it meant uh, a lifting of the veil something that was hidden to be revealed well no don't tell me that hold on one second sometimes you get stuck Um, yeah, so a lifting of the veil or disclosure of knowledge. That's what the word apocalypse means in Greek, where it originally came from. Uh, you know, we tend to think of the, the gloom and doom today. What's that? But that's certainly not what it, what it originally meant, along with a lot of our other definitions and things have changed over time uh, to kind of hide words and meanings and stuff. But you know, obviously, the corruption of political system, financial system, um, you know, we're all waking up, luminous humans, uh, potential in the minds of people, people coming together to affect real positive change. The apocalypse has definitely happened. We are there. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, a lifting of the veil is happening, you know, uh, and not, you know, 
in, in different places and, and different ways. It's happening, you know, for people differently. Some people may wake up to politics being corrupt first, or the education system, or there are all kinds of ways that we start to see through the veil and it starts getting disclosed to us first. Whatever people are into, mostly we'll see that. Um, aliens. Aliens. Um, yeah, it could be anything. I mean, if you're someone who sits in a school system all day long, you would think, well, that, you know, that person's not going to wake up. But I mean, even that they're seeing now that with education systems, just not for everyone. You know, if you want to take it that way, um, that person starts to wake up. Hey, how can we do this differently so that everybody thrives and everybody does better? Um, so I don't think there's a facet of, of, of living, you know, that, that you couldn't wake up. You know, everything is pretty much the same thing. So um, every way is valid and, you know, every uh, every life is an opportunity for everyone to wake up. So, you know, don't ever count anybody out. Uh, you know, I was a bartender in Atlanta for, you know, a long time. So um, I was able to see the darkness really well that way. Um, and then when some light came in, I was able to be like, oh, wow, that's real light. That's real um, something that I'm really into. So I uh, got somebody else coming in right now. Um, so that's something that I, you know, that I realized, hey, that's more than just, you know, somebody telling me something that doesn't have facts. So every, every life's valid, every, every avenue, every, you know, every ways. Oh, let me stop. I think sometimes when I let people in, it does it too. Okay, so here's a great picture. No matter what life you're living, no matter what job you have, um, the lifting of the veil is for everyone right? Everybody can do it. It can happen overnight. It could be one spiritual experience, one cacao ceremony, uh, you know, one yoga retreat, one yoga class, you know, one alien encounter, you know, one UFO encounter. It could be anything for anybody. So never count anybody out. Um, you know, but this is a great, a great picture of what's on the, what's out from everything I've been told. What there's more to life than everything um, that I've read in books or that my mom and dad told me are more to spirituality than what the preacher, you know, preaches about, uh, in church. And the way that we do that is we have to open that eye. We have to awaken that eye. So, you know, again, the good health, the, the light, the, um, you know, um, staying away from poor diets, but literally an eyeball, that pineal gland, the third eye, mind's eye, it's in every single person. All of us have it, so we can all can awaken it. Um, so again, here's a pine cone, a sleeping human. This is the green, immature pine cone. We want to be this awakened avatar. We want to be a mature pine cone. You know, we want to be able to wake that thing up and allow for uh, you know full activation. So you know, what perfect way to really get people to wake up in a mass way? There's been great awakenings, you know, in uh, our country before and other countries and all around the world. But oftentimes it is the darkness that brings out the light in people. You know, if it didn't get really bad, sometimes some people would never wake up. So I don't think it's anything to run around and complain about and be sad about and be mad about. But, you know, it's an opportunity now for many people to realize, like, hey, things aren't going the way I necessarily want them to. How can I make a difference? How can we change things? That's what's super important. And I think the, the answer to that literally is what is behind your eyes holds more power than what's in front of them. So you can point the fingers all you want to, but each and every single one of us has an incredible amount of power inside of us to change the world. You know, Jesus was just a barefooted man who walked around on the earth. So is Buddha, you know, Mother Teresa, um, Jane Goodall. I mean, these are just a person from a small town, all of them, you know what I mean? Each one of us has the same heart and the same brain as Jesus or Buddha or Albert Einstein or, um, you know, anybody. We just have to learn how to use these incredible gifts that we've been given. Because at the end of the day, you know, it is our journey and our responsibility. And when you're ready, you know, no one can wake you up. You have to be ready for it. Um, and so, you know, it's up to you. Um, but just right here, this says the pineal gland in the third eye is the most heavily targeted and poisoned gland in the human body, mainly due to its spiritual influence it has on human awareness. 
a closed pineal gland means the mind can easily be deceived as it struggles to look beyond what is presented in front of it. An open pineal gland acts like a truth de uh, detector by being able to pick up on the subtle inconsistencies of lies or subliminal messages that may be used as a veil to conceal true intentions. And I can attest to this 100%. Um, I, you know, before I really felt like I was waking up, I would, you know, date the same person over again. I would go to the same job or the same events and be miserable all the time. When I started to really wake up and realize like, hey, that girl's really pretty, but if I date her and do this, I know I'm going to be miserable at the end. She's going to, you know, take advantage of me. I'm going to be really upset, sad. You know, if I take this job, I'm going to do that. I was just able to really allow my intuition to come on and, and see it and be able like, oh, you know what I mean? I don't have to go down the road again. Uh, the universe is giving me the opportunity to see if I've learned something and I can go down it and continue the same patterns over again, or I can see through it and move up to the next step of my evolution because there's a lot more to get to. So, but we can't go to something new until we learn sometimes the old thing. So it's imperative for us to have that pineal gland awakening for our souls to evolve through these experiences. I don't feel that there's any reason, honestly, to look down on anyone or be upset uh, by someone else's journey. At the end of the day, it's their journey. There are things that people know that I don't know, and there are things that they get that I don't get. So just because there's one thing that they seem, you know, seems really obvious to me that they're not getting, it's not for me to judge them and be like, oh, you know, they're not getting that. How dumb are they? Like, they're going to keep doing the same experience. No, it's, it's imperative for all of us to have our own evolution of our soul, to have our own lives, uh, our own journeys, and let everybody have those. If people want help, you know, help them out. But um, I've, I've learned for me, there's really usually only two ways to learn things. That's to learn from others, where someone tells you something, someone offers you gifts, offers you knowledge and wisdom. Or two, you can learn it for yourself. And oftentimes, number two is a little bit harder but there usually is more experience gained by the heartbreak or, you know, you learn it by yourself. But uh, I try to learn things from what others tell me these days, if I can. So that's it, man. We are, we are in the midst of probably the, one of the greatest mass awakenings of our planet in history. Um, I, I, I find this an incredible time. Um, 10 years ago, the conversation that you could have with people about, even politics or religion or education, you know, or fluoride or anything. You couldn't even have a conversation about most of those things. You know, now most people are aware of the deception in a lot of things and, you know, maybe not to great depths, but at least a little bit. I find that all, you know, fascinating and, and obviously awesome at the same time, you know, like, you know, we may not be able to have, you know, a conversation about everything but you know if i can have a conversation about one thing uh with someone just even for a little bit that's amazing so you know we are really honestly having the greatest uh probably awakening on this earth has ever seen uh collectively so um you know when we open up our pineal glands we enhance our psychic abilities uh our intuition remote viewing uh astral projection um, the list goes on and on of the abilities that stem from an awakened pineal gland. Uh, you know, I mean, and I'll be honest, I think there are things that uh, I don't even think that we're even remotely aware of what we can do. So it's time. It's now time more than ever to awaken ourselves, to awaken that eye within, to become, to dare to become the avatars that we know that deep down we are and that most of us have you know been hiding from are too scared to be that person inside of us um that's just calling to us you know so much say hey i'm in here i'm we're you know what i mean i'm ready um you know we're all the gods and goddesses that uh, we look up to and we love um that's us you know what i mean the the superheroes that we see on tv and movies that we love that's whispering inside each and every single one of us. Hey, it's time for you to do that. It's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to, you know, be a superhero. And it doesn't have to be, you know, flying around and, and, and beating people up. I don't think that's what it is at all. Um, you, can, you can help your neighbor 
you can get a job that you feel good about. Um, you know, you can listen to people with, with open ears instead of just offering advice immediately. Listen to what they have to say and why they're saying it. There's so many things that each of us can do, you know, but ultimately I think love is our greatest superpower. Um, you know, kindness, compassion, empathy, and um, certainly our psychic powers, uh, you know, things that we're talking about here, are just elementary to what we could do. I mean, obviously there's been people who could fly around who had lightning bolts come from their, you know, bodies and, you know, humans that could walk on water and, you know what I mean? Heal people without scalpels and needles or, uh, you know, drugs or anything just in the, you know, in the blink of an eye, you know, someone who couldn't see, see, or someone who couldn't walk, walk. Um, that's real uh, psychic abilities that I don't even think it's mystic or anything. I think it's just a technology that once we learn it and, and practice it, you know, each one of us can use. And that to me uh, is one of the most incredible gifts in general is healing, healing ourselves and others. Uh, every other Tuesday, I do a um, hands-on healing energy, a group energy healing class, because I honestly believe with enough practice, we can do that. We can move mountains. Um, I do believe that you could put a person on a massage table and a few people stand around and believe that we're going to move cancer and we can move cancer out of someone's body. Then that person doesn't have to pay tens of thousands of dollars and, you know, countless hours of doctor's visits and drugs and radiation therapy. Imagine if we can move those cancers and those diseases out of people without having to pay, you know, someone an awful lot of time and money. Um, that's something I believe every culture talks about um, that we have the ability to do. And, you know, Christ said, you could, again, you can do all things I'm doing and greater things. If we only believed it, we could achieve it. And I think that first part is just knowing that it is possible. And then from there, you know, never doubting it ever. Because honestly, at the end of the day, we're all Buddhists. Every single one of us. Uh, you are all gods. When uh, Christ was, you know, doing miracles, um, and, you know, the Pharisees and Sadducees came up to him and they thought they were going to catch him. And they said, um, hey, man, you know, you know, you're uh, doing the, the Lord's work on the Sabbath day. That's a sin. They wanted to stone him for that. Um, he says, you know, and, and this is literally in the Bible. It says, ye are all gods. All of us, not some of us, not, you know, a couple of people over here, or these people, everybody is. You know, the difference between him and us only is that he believed it and he not just believed it, he knew it. He knew deep down in his soul. And so I honestly think at the end of the day, sometimes the difference between knowing and believing is probably just doing it. Because oftentimes we can say we know this or we say we know that. But if you're not doing it, if you're not truly being it, how can you say you really even believe in it? Right? How could you say that, you know, oh, I believe we could heal people. You do? Do you practice it? Because if you don't, do you really believe it? And this is me daring people because I am here to dare some people out. I'm here to say, follow me, come with me, you know, let's do these things that we're entitled to do because who are we to just work these mundane freaking lives and go to work every day when we literally have been told by Jesus and Krishna and Allah and all of them that we could do all things they're doing better things than they ever did. So we're all Buddhas. We're all Christ. We're all gods. This right here is an incredible artwork. Um, you know, I'll just quickly explain it according to the artist, uh, you know, uh, explaining of their own artwork. But basically, it's oneness down at the bottom. It's the circle. You can't really see it super well, but that's the caduceus, you know, the DNA snake with the, uh, the wings and the little pine cone on top. That's duality, the two. Then it has the Trinity and the four elements and, you know, obviously fish and the, uh, dinosaurs and mammals. And then you see Adam and Eve in there and the Buddha's under his tree. And um, then you see Jesus and Jesus is on the cross. And so we go from that, this colorful, beautiful, naturistic scene to after Christ is crucified to this really kind of dark, you know, capitalism industrial age yeah, looks like there's a nuclear bomb going off which you know, obviously happened not too long ago into what 
you could obviously argue is what could be like a fifth dimension or higher dimensional frequencies before it goes back to oneness again. I do believe that this is pretty accurate that life seems to be not like a circle of life that goes around, but a spiral of life of things coming back around over and over and over again, experiences, situations, events. Um, and it seems like this is just something that happens. Uh, and we're in this, we're in this spot. This is kind of a, I don't want to, you know, maybe natural progression, but, uh, you know, it doesn't, it probably happens similar to this on many other planets as well. But I do think we're at this incredible crucial time now where, you know, people on the planet have the technology and ability to destroy the whole thing. Um, and in my honest, humble opinion, I believe the reason Mars has no atmosphere now is probably because it had a nuclear war on it in the past and some survivors didn't make it out and came to earth but um i am hoping that we can learn from them and other civilizations and realize that um, we can survive we can uh, awaken the world it's not going to take you or i becoming ceos of a company and funneling millions of dollars into it to you know convince people of anything that literally science has shown us that meditation and focusing on the things that we want. Uh, Socrates says it's, you know, if we want change, we shouldn't focus on what we don't want, rather focusing on what we do want and putting our time and energy into that. So in the same token, I think that's called where our attention goes, energy flows. And I think that's important. We can't continue to bash the things that we hate, talk about throwing things like find the new ways to do things. Focus on what we do love about the world, how much gratitude we have for our families, for our life, for our friends. Um, those things really do matter and they ripple out. And when enough people constantly focus on those things, the world will literally change into what would be a higher dimensional frequency where more reality is, you know, is just known. It's not a question anymore of like a couple of people throughout history knowing it everyone knows it you know we live in this world where everyone's oh you know intuition oh that's yeah i know i will use my intuition or remote viewing yeah i, I remote viewed mars the other day you know it's just like normal conversation we look back do you remember when we didn't know those things and we were kind of oblivious um but certainly i think that we're able to we're going to be able to do those things uh i know certainly i'm already experienced i know other people are already experiencing those kind of things and um, certainly we'll be able to expand on those teachings and understandings even in more depth in the future, I believe. Um, and with that knowledge, with those psychic abilities, we'll be able to paint a new world. Um, we'll be able to create a new world again that works for everybody. One where there's sustainable energies and free energies. And, you know, you got to think so much of the violence and everything that happens on this planet is because there's so much lack, or at least people perceive it that way, that there's not enough for everyone to go around. And, you know, so a lot of people have to take something from someone else. Um, certainly, we can paint a new world, a new, uh, a new way of being and create a new life that works for all of us. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in the age of Aquarius. Uh, we are going to experience a wonderful new uh, way of being on this planet, a way of living, a way of thinking, a way of doing politics. It will be completely destroyed but then completely renewed uh, to a new way that works for us. And the Bible and other books talk about, you know, a thousand years of peace, a golden age, uh, the golden Kali Yuga, whatever you want to call it. But I do believe that we will uh, experience a lifetime uh, or, or a world, a reality that's 10 times, 100 times more harmonious now than we, than we live right now. Um, I don't know how much, but... I do believe that it would be much more uh, drastically increased than what it is now. And the problems that we're having today and the things that are going on, you know, it's just, uh, we're just figuring out, we're going to work it out. And uh, maybe not everybody gets in there, but um, they'll get the chance to live those lives and, and reincarnate into bodies and figure it out for themselves eventually one day. But certainly I do feel like this, where this earth is going, uh, I'll do a whole, talk on the golden age and the age of aquarius uh within a couple episodes of today but um that's where we want to go we want to go from this world on the right an industrial world's on fire um you know the smoke 
uh, beautiful, luscious animals and water and people living in the trees and living with the earth and a harmonious world. I know that we can do it um, instead of just one that's just taking from nature and raping the earth. Um, you know, and it's just contrast. I think at the end of the day, it's an experience that, hey, this is what's going on. It's what has happened. But um, we can take that knowledge now and be better humans than we were before because we experienced that suffering and we don't want any, we don't want the earth to experience that anymore. Um, so I, although I do think ages and cycles come back around, uh, hopefully there won't be one that goes back down as far as we have been, at least in a long time uh, to come. So um, that's my talk for today. And that's the last slide I had for today. But that's another one of Alex Gray's paintings. I just, I just love it. I think it's great. And uh, I think his work is just amazing. Yeah, check them out.